It's Thursday, November 11th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, we're uh, churning through our 40-man roster uh, review here, and today we've arrived at Zach Plesak, as uh, selected by our subtext uh, readers as next up on the list of uh, players we're looking at. Uh, sort of a really weird year for Zach Plesak. Uh, you know, he came out and you know, threw a almost perfect game out in, uh, in Seattle. And, you know, uh, a couple of weeks later, he's, he's on the injured list with uh, a really strange thumb injury. And then just, you know, sort of never really uh, got back on track uh, with consistency after that. Uh, but, but I think your, your stat is like my, my favorite weird season stat for uh for Zach Plesak, uh, you know, as far as, as Cleveland went this past season. Uh, what, what happened to Zach Plesak in, in, in your estimation? Yeah, uh, Joe, I think uh, this is a guy that, you know, was really kind of uh, cruising along. Uh, the first uh, 10 starts of the season, four, four and three, 4.14 ERA. Um, you know, batting average against was only 218. Uh, Batting average on balls in play was 224. Um, he had a you know six, uh, 68% strikeout rate. But then, you know, he breaks his thumb in that May 23rd game against the Twins, taking off his jersey. And, and you know, he misses, you know, like four or five weeks. And when he comes back, you know, it's, 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 a, different, it's a different Zach Plesak. Uh, you know, he 15 starts, you know, from – from the time he, he returned to the end of the season, uh, six and three, 5.04 ERA, but, uh, you know, a 268 batting average against and a 291 batting average on balls in play, which is, you know, I can't, you know, it, that's uh, what, that's kind of uh, an indication that he didn't have, he wasn't pitching in the greatest of luck either. Right. Yeah. That, that, that's sort of uh, an indicator there. And, and we can throw out, all those stats and all those numbers and, and sort of weed through them and all that. But I think really the, the one stat that just sort of the, the one number that just sort of, um, you know, boggles the mind is, is what three it's, it's the number of times Zach Plesak started a game and, and Cleveland got no hit in that game. That's amazing. It, it, that will, you will never see that happen again. I, 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 that's, it blows my mind that he started, all three of the games that Cleveland got no hit this year. Yeah, I completely forgot about that. That's a great stat, man. And and he well, oh, it's a terrible lost, stat. It's yeah, a horrible he, stat. And he only lost two of them. You know, he he came out with a no decision in one of them. And how, how do you do that when your team gets no hit three times was, and, and you're not the losing pitcher three times? Because in that Cincinnati game, he was pitching his tail off, and uh, again. They, they had a chance to win that game against Wayne Miley, and they, they still didn't do it. They had several chances to win that game. Uh, I, you're right. It goes back to just this sort of unlucky, like you talked about that, that batting average of balls in play uh, stat. Uh, it, it, it means that when they were making contact, when they were putting the ball in play, it was finding a way to get down. And, you know, Zach Plesak gives off this like chill vibe, this sort of like weird, like he's from Indiana, but he's like got this weird, like surfer kind of hippie <laughs> vibe to him. And 
I, it's, it's interesting to see how that affected him. And it ultimately, it, it led to his frustration that he goes into the locker room, tries to rip off his Jersey and in ripping off his Jersey and ripping off his shirt, he slams his thumb on a chair and, and winds up on the injury list for, for four or five weeks. It's, it, it, that's, that's an indication right there that if it could go wrong, it did go wrong for Zach Plesak this year. Yeah, definitely. And if you remember that game against the Twins, Joe, I think he retired, you know, nine straight, started out with nine straight outs and then couldn't get out of the next inning, gave up five runs, blew a lead against the Twins. And, uh, you know, that led to his frustration. And, you know, it's kind of the second time in as many years where, you know, he's kind of got off the tracks a little bit, you know, the in 2020, he broke, uh, you know, COVID protocols uh, with uh, Clevenger. And, and this year, kind of that freak uh, self, self-induced self uh, broken thumb, uh, you know, and then he blamed somebody for putting the chair, his locker room chair in the wrong place. And that's what he banged his thumb against. So I, I don't know. I, but, uh, but, you know, this is, this is a guy that, uh, you know, I don't know if this is the kind of thing that's going to be, if it's bad karma or if this is the kind of thing that's going to follow him throughout his career. I hope not. All right. There, there were flashes there though, you know, in that early part of the season, like you said, through those first 10 starts, uh, I particularly point to that game in Seattle, uh, a, a game Cleveland won four to two. Plesak allowed uh, two earned runs on two hits in eight innings. He only struck out a pair in that game and he walked three, but uh, up until that last inning, up until that eighth inning, you know, I think he, he did go into the, did he go into the ninth? Um, yeah. I, I believe he started the ninth inning in that game uh, with a, a, a no hitter. And, and that was probably as close as, as Cleveland got all season to throwing a no hitter themselves. Yeah. That was, you know, a great effort. Uh, you know, it was a, a night game in Seattle at, at, uh, and just uh, really, really a good start by, by Plesak. And, uh, you know, it looked like he was on his way, you know. And then, uh, you know, he kind of – the rest of the season was kind of a, a, a grind for him. I don't know if it's a struggle, but for it's a grind for him, uh, Joe. You know, in 25 starts, you know, he didn't have a double strikeout – a double-digit strikeout performance, which is, you know, kind of strange. I mean, he's not, a, he's not an overpowering strikeout pitcher – but he, but he still struck out a hundred guys in, you know, in 142 and two third innings, but he just, you know, he, he, we didn't see that. Uh, we didn't just see that, you know, dominant stuff that I think, you know, he's going to have to learn to, to, uh, you know, pitch uh, with, with his other pitches because he's not going to go out there and blow guys away. Well, and, and that number sort of jumps off the page at me too, uh, that 142 and two thirds innings. I, I didn't, it, that was, that's about as quiet 142 innings as I, I think I've, I've seen. Uh, just sort of an unremarkable season uh, the rest of the way out. Uh, he, he had a couple of, of, you know, decent outings against uh, Central Division teams uh, at Detroit, at Kansas City in the month of August. But, uh, again, we're not talking about he, – he didn't come out and just sort of dazzle you the way that he did the – the first couple of seasons he's he's in the big leagues and, and give you sort of this hope that that he's a, a you know a, a top three you know starter in a rotation uh he, he gave guys like cal quantrill and maybe even tristan mckenzie an opportunity to to sort of have 
you know, Cleveland value them more than they value Plesak right now. And I believe me, I'm not speaking out of turn here saying uh, uh, that that's the case for, uh, for Antonetti and Chernoff, but, but uh, does his performance and his, I don't want to say in, uh, maybe inconsistency, uh, you know, make him a tradable commodity or make him a piece that uh, the club can maybe use to try and acquire an outfielder this, this off season. I mean, it could. Yeah, I think it could, Joe. I, uh, you know, I, I have, I have a hard time co- trading controllable pitching, you know, and uh, we've seen them do it in the past with, you know, veteran guys that are up against the uh, kind of the money wall that, uh, you know, they don't want to pay these guys. You know, I think, uh, you know, a police act is still very affordable. And I think, you know, when you, when you look at police act, you look at when he came back, he gave you 15 starts, you know, he, you know, when, when, without Bieber, without uh, Savali, they were still on the injured list. And, you know, so he kind of, to me, he kind of like, he, he was like a, uh, he, he was, uh, he was a stable part of that rotation that you could turn to, you knew you were going to get at least five innings, you know, five, six innings out of any, but it, it just, he just had one of those years where every, it seemed like, you know, he, he'd be going along and there was one inning where he couldn't get out of, you know, one inning that really gave him a hard time. Right. Yeah. More than one time he, he would get to a point where he's just cruising along, even, fin- uh, even just finishing off innings where he'd get, you know, two outs in an inning and then just couldn't get past that one batter. Uh, I, I believe it was Miguel Sano in Minnesota who got him uh, a couple of times. And, and that's, uh, you know, it happened more than once, so it, it looked like a trend of some sort. Uh, and and, and police had never really given a, a, an indication in the past that he couldn't finish off innings or finish uh, finish off batters, uh, and that was sort of uh, the case there. Uh, arbitration eligible in 2023, so he's under team control and not uh, eligible to become a free agent until 2026. Uh, I think with the, the, at least the first two years that, that he's, you know, sort of been out there, uh, he, he will be cost of, uh, effective and uh, affordable in his, at least his first two years of arbitration. Uh, so a reason for, you know, the Indians to maybe consider keeping, or uh, Cleveland to maybe consider keeping him around. Uh, but, you know, that, that 2026 season, if they don't get something worked out contract-wise with him before that, uh, he will probably be, in that $10 million range and, and, you know, uh, you know, looking, looking to go elsewhere or looking to be traded elsewhere. Yeah. I mean, he, he made, uh, you know, just above the, the, the big league minimum last season. Uh, I bet he'll probably be right around there again this year, you know, just around 600 grand, maybe a little, little more. Uh, so, and you know, unless uh, they, they think he's worth a, uh, you know, kind of kick the tires on a multi-year deal, but and I think they 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 want to, they'll probably wait and just see what what they can what what he can give them this 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 next season and and like you said he's a, he's a trade chip as well Joe yeah if he had come out and you know had a, a lights out season and you know really sort of pitched up to his potential uh, this past year I think maybe you'd be talking uh, about him being more in line but now he's more of a more of a, a secondary priority in terms of those contracts. They've got bigger fish to fry in terms of offering those deals to the, to the core players uh, before they get to a Zach Klesak right now. 
Yeah, and I think, you know, when you look at this guy, um, you know, what has he got to do, you know, in, in 2022 to uh, kind of get things going? And if you look at his, you know, just his, his breakdown on pitches and at Baseball Savant, Joe, it looks like people have caught up to his fastball. And, uh, you know, last, uh, you know, this past season, uh, the fastball averaging 92.8 miles an hour, the opposition at 326 against it. Uh, 2020 in a much smaller sample size, they hit 321 against it. So, you know, that, that's kind of, uh, that's not a good trend right there. Uh, the changeup also, you know, that one of his, be his best off-speed pitch, you know, in 2020, the opposition at 125 against it. This past season, 241 against it. You know, and it, that's his, you know, he throws a fastball 41% of the time. And the changeup twenty foot is is his next favorite pitch at at twenty five percent of the time. So I think you know they're going to have to sharpen up some of those pitches, or or maybe you know diversify his his arsenal. Right, and you know with uh, Ruben Niebla moving on as the pitching coach in in San Diego, I mean there's a guy who is is widely credited with getting guys like Zach Plesac ready for the big leagues, and this is sort of his guru uh, that has, has moved on. Uh, how is that going to affect police ability in the off season to do exactly that, to sharpen up those, those offerings like his, uh, his curveball and his changeup and, and make them, you know, more effective. We've seen guys like Aaron Savali, uh, you know, go back sort of into the lab and, uh, and, and work on the pitches in the off season. Uh, we've seen uh, Shane Beaver sort of identify one pitch, uh, per off season to, to sort of, you know, sort of break down and take it apart and put it back together and, and be ready with it. Uh, and by the time spring training rolls around, uh, is, is Zach please going to be able to do something like that? Yeah. You know, when you listen to Zach after games and stuff, he's always talking about tinkering with pitches, you know, changing his, his delivery, you know, moving to one side of the rubber or another. Uh, so I think he'll, he'll, you know, he's, he's pretty, I think he understands his delivery. I think he'll, he'll be able to make some adjustments this winter or, you know, we'll, we'll see. And, you know, and those, the Indians pitching guys, you know, Carl Willis and everybody else, uh, I'm sure, you know, are talking to him uh, over the off season and, you know, they're sending trading videos and maybe he'll come to, 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 I don't know if they'll meet out in Goodyear or come to Cleveland <clears throat> but I, I would think they'll, you know, they'll make the necessary adjustments. Uh, when we talk about the things that Zach Plesak does well and what, what the club likes about him, what are the reasons why they, they like him so much, uh, aside from just the pitching aspect of it, uh, this is a guy who is, you know, the, the saying uh, pitchers are athletes too. Uh, this is a guy who is, uh, in the running for most athletic pitcher in in if not on the uh, on on Cleveland staff then in all of baseball, uh, he's a guy who can play multiple sports. He played, I believe, he played football at uh, at Ball State as well. Uh, this is a a guy who uh, is very athletic on the mound, fields his position very well. Was a, a Gold Glove finalist in the after the 2020 season. Uh, we've seen him make diving catches on pops uh, in, in front of the mound. Uh, we've seen him, uh, you know, just, just look athletic and, and look more like uh, an, an infielder out there than uh, sometimes a, a, um, a pitcher is supposed to look. 
and and really the, the the number one way that that's evident is in his pickoff move. Uh, his throws to first base are uh, at an elite level in the game right now. Yeah, I mean, he, great pickoff move. It really took uh, caught you know a lot of a lot of teams by surprise in uh, you know when he made his debut in 2019. I think he you know maybe led the league uh, in in pickoffs. You know they got a little they they became aware of it quickly uh, uh, last year, but he's still very effective. You know, very effective on controlling the running game and, uh, you know, fielding his position. And uh, just he's fun to watch in, in that regard, Joe. And I'm sure he still wants to hit one of these days, too. He, he thought, he, you know, he, he was a he was a two way player at Ball State. So, uh, you know, I, I'm sure he'd like to get a bat in his hands one of these days as well. Well, and, and that's the thing. I, I don't believe he got a chance to uh, to hit it all this past season, uh, if, if I'm not mistaken. I. I think they missed him in the in the National League parks, and uh, uh, you know even Tristan McKenzie had a base hit this year. So uh, you know that, that's got to be eaten away at police. You know it is uh, when he gets a chance to pick up a bat. Because uh, yeah, uh, in in 2020 when they played in the National League parks, uh, they had the universal DH, so there was no um, there, there were no pitchers hitting, right? Right, exactly, and. Uh... So, uh, yeah, so I, I'm sure, you know, if, if, uh, if the, if the uh, you know, Universal DH doesn't come into uh, play next season, uh, you know, Zach is going to get a chance maybe. Maybe in an extra inning game, he'll get a chance as well. Maybe Tito screws something up on, uh, on, a, on a lineup card and you lose the <laughs> DH for a night. And then, uh, uh, yeah, we saw that happen to Charlie Nagy once, didn't we? Yeah, Jack uh, Ask Charlie Nagy about that, how much fun it was facing David Wells. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. And, and Charlie Nagy batted left-handed in that game against a left-handed. Why, that, that, that was the one thing that blew my mind in that game was that you sent Charlie Nagy up there batting left-handed. Just go up yeah. there batting right-handed against a left-handed pitcher. Protect your, I think your Char- pitching arm. I think Charlie Nagy got a hit in the All-Star game. He was using Ruben Sierra's bat. He did. He, I, think he, I think he got a hit in one of the All-Star games. He and he and Robin Ventura are are the only uh, members of the 1988 U.S. Olympic uh, gold medal winning team to have hits in the All Star game. Think about that, Robin Ventura what? and Charlie Nagy. If you would <laughs> use that as a, a trivia question uh, anywhere you go. All right, Hoinsey, we'll be back again tomorrow uh, with the final look of the week at uh, our our top uh, our 40 man roster review. Uh, we will break down. Bradley Zimmer and his season uh, should be should be quite interesting uh, as as far as Zimmer goes uh, here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. We will uh, talk to you then. All right, Joe.